I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors. And you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 28, bringing you the latest information, science and opinion to improve farm sustainability. Former FPD Young Farmer of the Year and in 2019 overall Sustainable Grassland Farmer of the Year, Brian Daniels, with up to 10 grazings per paddock and producing 17 tonnes of grass dry matter per hectare, joins us for a chat. In part two of the interview, Brian tells us about the sustainability actions he's putting in place on the farm, challenges and opportunities for farmers in the future and work-life balance. And you're using protected urea, Brian, as well. How are you finding that or are you using it long? Protected urea, I suppose it came on came on the radar about, let's see, we're, we're using it seven years now, so we are. Um, our business uh, manager with Lambia knew the, the values that we had and he brought our attention to protected urea. Previously, it was, it was mostly used in the tillage sector. And he said, look, you consider using this, it's got the lower carbon footprint and it's, it's more... It, it, it's more efficient for what we're going to try and achieve. So, yeah, we've been using it for seven years now. Um, for the last two, this going on our third year, is we've only used a protected urea. Um, so we haven't used any can-based products. And the, the thinking behind that is that we're trying to reduce our carbon footprinting and the emissions from the farm. Um, it works well. Um, last year, we grew across 120 hectares up here in, in Rahane Iron, we grew an average of 17.6 ton. And that was with, um, sorry, I have it right here beside me. That is with an average of 164 kilograms of nitrogen to the hectare. Yeah, it's um, so so it's, 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 not a ba- it's not a bad going. It's what our nitrogen usage efficiency is 35%. So we're, we're bang on target. But we, we look, to be honest, we, we reckon there's, there's more to be got on that system. We could probably get that up high 40s if we if we get the clover working really well so we could yeah the times we're in now with fertilizer prices and all the rest but even aside from that our sustainability and our environmental measures going forward like is it's really important to be able to show farmers that you you can grow a lot of grass but you can do it on, on a well reduced for our fertilizer applications yeah um yeah like, there is like even the more Park brought out a, 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 ty- or, um, a, a timetable for nitrogen application with clover, and like it's 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 less than, it's about a third of some of the applications during the, the summer rounds, uh, and that's what we followed as our initial guide, and it, it works, it, it really does work, and protected urea does work, and there's no ill effects that we we've we've noticed in grass tonnage growth um, or, or, or response. Like we run a, a short rotation round during the, the main grazing season in May, June, um, because of the tons we're growing. Um, so, yeah, we, we're running between a 15 to a 17 day rotation. Um, we're putting on a bare sprinkle of, of, of urea. And um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's working a treat. And we're not afraid to, if we see a, a decent percentage of clover in a field, we'll skip that field and we, we won't put the nitrogen on it. We'll try and encourage that clover to take it over. And it kind of goes down to it. Clover is a very sensitive plant. If you put on the nitrogen, you won't get the benefit from the clover. But if you hold off, there might be a slight lag in the spring. But once that clover is established, it grows grass for the fun of it. Like so, it's 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 having the belief in the system that it does work, and it does. It really does work. So 
you've got a very good handle as well I think on your soil type you know your position in the landscape you've got a nutrient management plan you're good at manure management um, liming program etc so you've got all of the boxes ticked there as well. Farming is quite a simple thing when you get the basics right it's everything will lead on actually at two o'clock today I'm going down to the the Chaga Centre in Mullivat to update our our fertiliser plan again we have soil samples from the whole farm done again this this spring um we're we're doing it every three years and lime is the big important one here on our farm um between our our rainfall and the type of soil we have lime is the main one uh k is self-maintaining we can do that through slurry um p we we have been building it up and we're getting it to the stage now that we just need to maintain it. And then the nitrogen, like I said, it's, we're, we're trying to wean ourselves off it at this stage. So we have, if so if the pH is right, generally if the pH is right, you, you'll correct the P. And if you have the P right, then you'll just grow the grass and the clover. So um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll keep tweaking the system. Um, and that's, I suppose it's one thing as well that, because of the system we, we have and the belief we have in it, the important thing is that we get it to the standard where it needs to be and then leave it alone. Don't complicate it. We don't need to bring in extra feed. We don't need to push the stocking rate too high. Just find what works comfortably for the farm and then leave it alone. So. And Brian, could you give us a flavour of what you've implemented on the farm to improve biodiversity? We can see from your Twitter feed that, you know, you're um, establishing hedges, that you're maintaining hedges um, to a very high standard on your farm. Um, could you just elaborate a little bit more on, on what you're doing there? Growing up on, a, up, up on the farm, we spent hours over in the bottom of the horse field in the stream and in the grove there and everything. And, so my parents did point it out and my, my grandfather was a great man for planting trees and, and timber. Two of his, his brothers had sawmills. It was, I suppose it was a necessarily, you needed that material for building and, and, and fuel. Um, but they also had the love for it. And even, even let's say about two months ago, we got a letter up from a, a man in Limerick. He had bought a secondhand book in, a, in an old bookshop. And inside was a letter from my great uncle to um, a plant uh, specialist questioning a flower that he had noticed in the bogs. And actually, that's that's on that farm down in Clune View that you spoke of on, on the Gory River. So it, it's it's always been there and we grew up submersed in it. And yeah, the things that we've done now since since I've taken over the farm is you know, we've kept the tree planting going. My father introduced me to, to hedge laying and... His approach to hedge laying was that it was a means of fencing and um, that we, we blocked the holes in the hedges and, 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 and the boundary ditches. The farm up here, it's mostly big clay banks we have because of the altitude, but we do have skiocks and, and gorse quite a bit around it. And we need that cover to keep the cattle off the banks that they don't poke it. So the rejuvenation of that, now that naturally leads into the, the protection and the biodiversity increase and, and maintenance. But what we've done now as well is along with the extra planting, this, these areas of the farm that we have little groves on and we're, we're fencing them off now. Uh, the, the, the thing that we're started looking at in the last year and a half is, is, is the water quality in the farm. So there's numerous springs and dikes and drains on the farm. So we've increased out the margins of those. They have been all fenced since 97, since my father was, he was probably one of the first dairy farmers to go into reps. So they've all been fenced and we're increasing the margins. 
what we're doing now is trying to create silt traps. So when we had likes of the heavy rain there last Wednesday, we had a lot of runoff off fields. So we're trying to catch that water and slow it down before it gets to the rains. So we don't have the sediment loss and things like that. So we're looking at every little bit that's around the farm. And it isn't a case that we want to be all flowery and friendly and everything else. It's we enjoy it and it's nice seeing it. Like we, we have, we're lucky we have a good population of hares on the farm. We have numerous buzzards, sparrow hawks. We have a great population of house martins and sparrow, uh, sparrows around the yard. It's all these little things that we like seeing. And even I said it before is one of my key PAs is when I'm down the, the bogs at the lower end of the farm where the river drains off the farm down and heads down for Mullivat is when you're walking along over a bridge or something, you're looking at a lovely, nice, clear water and you can see the silt at the bottom and you can see the little invertebrates wiggling and, uh, and swimming around. That's a nice little thing that we, what we are doing on the farm is hopefully not having a negative effect on the water quality. So every little thing we do will hopefully add up that we'll, we'll end up with better biodiversity. So I suppose yeah. that was one of the things and that, that Grass 10 award that we won is, 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 is the size of the farm and the tonnage we're growing. We don't have to have a negative effect. We don't have to accept that there's going to be a loss of biodiversity or, or water quality or anything like that. So. Yeah, and that's how we need to tackle the issues going forward. I suppose the screw is turning a little bit on, on productive dairy farmers at the moment. There's a lot of negative, I suppose, commentary around social media and that, and there's some wars going on online. Is how do you are you worried for dairy farmers of the future, or, or are there opportunities to meet those challenges ahead, Brian? I think you've mentioned a few already. Yeah, the, uh, actually, I, I saw probably one one or two of the discussions online over the weekend of the people attacking dairy farmers for various different reasons. And, and look, I'll I'll be one of the first, and it's been said before. We're, 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 we we have done damage in the past. Um, and there, there has been a, a loss of, of, of water quality, but the, the measures we have and, and the management that we're able to implement now, we should see a, a, hopefully a significant turn on that. And we'll see an increase in, in, in the quality of water, air, nutrient management and, uh, and welfare standards. And fair, we're lucky in Ireland that because of the grazing systems that's across 99.9% .9 of the dairy farms in Ireland, the animal welfare in, on Irish dairy farms is, is absolutely phenomenal. Like the fact that our cows get out and, and can walk and graze uh, is a huge thing that helps them. And in fairness, no, no dairy farmer wants to have a negative effect on their farm. It's, it's, not, it's not in their personality, it's, it's not in their makeup. But also, if, and I've had this discussion with, with various people from environmental backgrounds and things, is that if we have a negative effect, we're not as profitable as we could be. Um, if our animals are suffering or our soils are suffering, we're losing productivity. So the healthier and happier that our soils and the, the livestock are, the better. So like we'd watch cell count very closely here on this farm. We've been lucky that the, we've been picking up the, the cell check awards the last couple of years. But cell, cell count is, is related to mastitis and the animal immune system. The lower cell count, the happier and the healthier the immune system is. So by monitoring that, we were able to keep an eye on it and make sure that there's nothing sinister building up within the herd as well. So, um, so yeah, the, going forward, I'd be very, up, uh, very happy with where we can go with dairy farming. There is challenges, but we're more than capable of, of meeting every single one of them. Um, 
I, I haven't been afraid to stand up and and back it. And hey, look, hopefully, like I, I have a, a bit of a, a profile and a following. Hopefully, the people will see that things that we're doing here on this farm can be done widespread right across the country. And um, yeah, it's 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 gonna it's hopefully going to have that beneficial effect in, in times to come. So it will. So you're also a family man and business and all is very, very important. Um, dairying um, is a very challenging occupation. How do you manage um, the work-life balance? I know you mentioned earlier that you've some labour units there and you have a 5-2 system going. Um, all of these things help towards, um, you know, having a good quality of family life. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, uh, when uh, when we were reading these uh, the, the few pointers and questions he gave us last weekend, I read that one aloud at the table, and Gail looked up at me, and <laughs> I got a stern look. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm far from perfect, but I am getting slowly better. <laughs> but look, we grew up on a on a very busy farm. And I, I joke with my parents, like the only reason they had us was because we could eventually drive ca- uh, drive tractors and, and milk cows for them. But um, yeah, look, we, we've we've done the hard graft now at this stage, and I'm very lucky to have a great family around me. Like we have a, a wonderful wife who works on my, on the farm with me. We have three gorgeous, lively kids, um, and yeah, look, they're, they're not going to be young forever. And I suppose a benefit of one of my discussion groups is. I'm one of the younger members in it. So I've, I've everyone that's gone through the stage of life that I have, they, they refer back to like, the, they don't stay young forever. And you, you, you only get one chance to experience these things. So yeah, they, that, that plays in my mind. And the rest is all kind of being adapted. And like the, the five, two roster in terms of getting time off and working that way is, we're quite remote. I, I joke that you, if you drive past the farm, you're driving back into civilization. Um, so if we want to attract people to the farm, we have to be better than the rest to get people out past us. So what's going to make somebody to drive past a very good farm to come work for us? So regular time off, um, decent working hours during the day. So we don't like working past six o'clock in the evening. Um even during calving season, I don't like working past six. We don't start very early in the morning. Usually the, the first cow is milked just, the cups are on just before seven o'clock. I generally do the morning milkings because I live on farm. The the, the lads and the students like here, they mostly do the afternoon milking. So they get, gives them a chance that they're not getting up in darkness to drive to the farm to do milking. They're, they're coming in around between eight o'clock and nine o'clock, depending on the time of the year. So yeah, we're... We've got an everything that we want to be a friendly, happy place to work in. Like I want I want the time off so I can experience the the life of the kids growing up. Um, we're, the pandemic caused a bit of a grief in terms of holidays, but we're, we're slowly getting back. We have our holidays booked for, for later in the summer. We'll try and get a few days off here and there. And even like I am passionate about the farm. I enjoy the farm, but I, I do like doing my own thing as well. Like. I have a, a workshop that's far too big for a dairy farm, but it's it's what I like doing. I actually have my own sawmill. I, I, I like I said, I, I I looked at joinery making and cabinet making for a while, a brief while as as a career, and I have all those tools in the workshop, and I, I do a few bits in the house and I make a few bits and pieces. So yeah, handcrafts are, are something I like, and 
look, if, I, if I'm working every day of the, of the year busy with cows, I, I don't have a chance to experience and do the things that I, I like that are away from the cows. So, yeah, we're, we're just learning over time that we, we, there's more to just milking cows and that we have to live a bit as well and go see our friends. And dairy farming, I suppose, one of the challenges that, that dairy farming is facing is that it is a very intensive uh, place to work. Um, but if we want to attract young people and, and people to work within the industry, we have to meet the rest uh, of, of the other options out there. So we, we have to get down to a 5-2 roster. We have to give them regular times off and we have to have a short working day. There's no point of somebody coming working for me, getting up before their partner uh, and arriving home after their partner gets home. So it, the, the people that work for us also have to have to have, to have a life as well. So if, if we can provide this environment, it will hopefully all benefit from it. So yeah, it's a, a slow learning curve and it's, 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 it's changing as we go along and different things crop up, so it does. Yeah, look, Brian, it's always interesting to see what you're doing in the workshop on Twitter. You're, you're always up to, up to something in that workshop, so it's, it's great to see it. Really, really enjoyed the chat today, Brian. Uh, it just shows like you have a template on that farm that can show a lot of farmers, productive farmers, how to challenge the sustainability issues around the future. So really enjoyed it. And thanks a million for joining us on the show today. Thank you. No bother, guys. It's great to talk to both of you. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Brian Daniels, Jerry Farmer from Kilkenny for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Georgia Glenn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, signpost to farm sustainability.